You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. The JFC has closed its doors for another day, so it's time for the five o'clock shadow. And as always on a Thursday, it's the double-headed Dream Team edition with David Shapiro from Sassman Securities and Viv Govender from Rand Swiss. Now, Viv, I think you must start to get a little bit nervous because I'm starting to get a little bit bullish when I see inflation numbers in the United States and coming down in the UK as well and coming down in South Africa, which means that the price of money in the future will become cheaper and therefore boost the corporate world. Am I being over-enthusiastic, Viv? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, look, uh, if you take out the top seven, the uh, as, as I think Gary once said today, uh, the magnificent seven, uh, stocks from like uh, the top the S&P 500 or the Nasdaq, uh, you'd see the market hasn't really gone that up, up that much. And so, if you look at uh, just the the um, what could happen uh, if we don't have a recession, which the market, I mean, go back what six seven months ago, everyone was just saying it was a guarantee that we're going to have a, a some kind of recession, whether it was a big one or a small one. Uh, you know, it was just a question of like the size, not whether you're going to have one. That's that seems to have disappeared as a, a problem at the moment. Uh, inflation's coming down faster than expected, uh, and you know. I think stocks have, you know, reasonable results at the moment in the earnings season. There's some mixed uh, stuff happening there, but reasonable results. And I think all that together just justify maybe the stock market going a bit higher from here. Okay, well, that's an interesting theory. David, you are a perma bull, so you will come in and say, yes, I agree with Viv, and I agree with him two or times three uh, with his sentiments. What do you think? Is it a little bit too over-enthusiastic during the Northern Hemisphere summer, and it's just thin conditions, and people are just saying, okay, I'm going to square up my books and when I come back in September after Labor Day everything will be fine what do you think you know you know that I, I what I do think will give it a boost look um when you've got the Nasdaq up 40 45 percent this year and you've got the S&P up 19 of course there's margin for it to slow down and to pull back a little that's fine but what I think is that there must be a huge number of uh, funds that are underweight equities or short, when I say short, short, you know, meaning underweight, that they haven't got sufficient. Good point. And it must be feeling very uncomfortable for them yes. to be in that position. You know, if you're neutral, even if you're 50% or 60, whatever it is, you know, 45, even under 50 in that, you're okay in that. But when you're down to 30% or even lower, you've got a lot of cash and you've been an old, then, then I think it's, uh, you, you, you're squirming a little, you know, because this has caught you. And comes the end of June, and you're going to compare some of the better funds with yours, you know, you, you're going to have to justify it. And you, lo- you lose money quickly. So I think there's, there's going to be, or it might even be, even be happening now, um, a, lot of, uh, a lot of the major funds accumulating and, you know, picking up stock. So that could give us a boost. But I, I you know, if, if the market just chills out for the rest of the year, I'm happy. I really, you know, I'd be happy whether it just bumbles along. It doesn't go <laughs> up 15% or 20% because, you know, it's like being up, you, you're 5-0 up at halftime. You don't have to come into the second half and kill yourself, you know. <laughs> You're talking <laughs> so, about football now, of you course. Know, using yeah. that okay. example, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually, I uh, just, just wanted to point out as well. 
Just, just on a personal uh, note, the, the only team that I've seen being 5-0 up at half-time was Ipswich Town against Exeter City <laughs> in the League One final game of the season. And yeah, and they went on to win 6-0 in the end. But let's yeah. have a look at a couple of other things now, because Viv, David talks about people not being short, but maybe underweight stocks. And it's maybe been all the negative talk about recession, etc. And they've been sitting there waiting, waiting for the market to come down 10, 15, 20%. And it hasn't happened. Do you buy into the David Shapiro theory, Viv, of people just need to load up in order to catch up? Yeah, the difficult thing for an active manager as well is the fact that there aren't even 20 stocks to pick here that are going up crazily, you know, like generally. There's like seven or eight of these stocks that are going mad. And, you know, most of the market is not doing that great. So if you're comparing yourself to like the indices, not only yeah. you're underweight, are you more diversified? You are not going to be performing as well, and so that's going to put a bit of pressure on some of these fund managers out there to be a bit more, you know, maybe innovative or aggressive or whatever. Uh, but I do think that uh, yeah, uh, there, there are quite a few active managers that have been caught on the back foot in this particular environment, uh, just because of the fact that you know, firstly, it's 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 no one believed in the rally. Uh, you know, everybody, this is one, one, the least, one of the least believed rallies, as we always say, yes. out there. And the second thing is that it was such a narrow rally in such a specific, you know, stocks. If you have a diversified sector-wide, you know, multiple sector portfolio, you know, your, yes, your, your IT sector went up quite nicely, but everything else uh, was not quite matching that. Okay. Let's have a look at the stock-specific stuff now. Uh, we've been doing a broad sort of a macro and global chat now, but I want to look at what's happened today. I, I, Actually, I just want to look. I was looking for this. Sorry. Okay, go I on. I was looking for this. Uh, here comes from a, a note that I got from a fund manager. You know, look for the equity laggards, capital preservation strategies, mm-hmm. invest in EM and select European opportunities versus, you know, rather than the US. Uh, US equal weight versus capital, value versus growth. I say, for God's sake, man, you've been hopping along this for, I don't know, a year already. You've got it wrong, man, you know. <laughs> so they continue along these stories, believing that somewhere along the line this is going to come right. You say, well, thank God I didn't listen to you, you know. So um, it, it's just it's an annoyance rather than anything that they won't, you know, that they refuse to say, hold on a sec. Maybe something's happening out there that we missed. You know, and they refuse to come back or roll back on it and continue along the... Viv, I don't know. The last thing on earth I want is a value stock because I don't even know what a value stock means. But anyway, I don't <laughs> want it. No, but this is interesting. This is really interesting. Loss, Are you saying that the... I, I, when I think of the value stock, I mean, the uh-huh. deep value stock investors, they sit there for years and years and years and suddenly it, it turns around. Are you saying, David, and Viv, you can back David up or knock him down. Are you saying that they're in cloud cuckoo land? In other words, they shouldn't yeah. sit there for years and years and years because they're losing time. David, well, Viv? I think there's periods when you want to be in value, periods you don't want to be in value. Right now, you probably don't want to be in value for a couple of reasons. Obviously, you're going to have uh, you know, interest rates falling, which are probably going to benefit growth stocks. Mm-hmm. And the second thing is that we are in a period of extreme innovation. It's like, you yeah. know, you, you can feel it. I mean, uh, j- j- just looking at the the news events coming out, you know, listen to the statements from like CEOs out there. This is one of those periods, for whatever reason, that you know a number of things have come together, and the world is is in a, in a innovative kind of like you know spike. We've had that in you know the dot com almost the bubble, but you know stuff came from that. We had that with like PCs. We had that in the past as well. So yeah, it's it's a combination of first of all, you know, you have great great stories about technology coming out right now, and at the same time, falling interest rates. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. that's great for growth stocks. 
No, I, I, Viv, you know, we had a, I had a presentation this morning on Tesla, but not Tesla's mm. electric vehicles, on all their other technologies. Say what you like about Elon Musk, and I don't like him. You know, I just, <laughs> uh, but, but you've got to hand it to where he's going and what he's trying to do. He doesn't care about profits. You know, it's, it's, it's not on his mind. What he cares about is, is pushing money into innovation and almost like, uh, I would say, uh, Amazon were in the 90s or early 2000s, you know, just kept pushing and pushing and pushing. And uh, he's wrote this new supercomputer that he's building, you know, in order to drive um, electric vehicles or s- autonomous vehicles. And that. you say you've got to hand it to him, the money that's going into it, the innovation, the the you know what what he's providing for scientists if you want to call it that so i say hold on a sec that that interests me i like this you know i don't want to go into some kind of bank share that's giving me a four percent dividend deal that <laughs> is as safe as a house you know like oh i can't do this you know you're talking Even about a particular you're, you're talking about south african banks aren't you david you're yeah, talking about i know, I know you are so, and i'm not singling out anybody but i know exactly what you're saying but the tesla story is very interesting because i think mm, it was mm. talking about bankers there was a banker today on twitter that said he's an ex-banker please elon musk bring tesla to south africa and i sent a tweet mm. out and replied but the charging stations won't last five minutes sort of thing you know they're either yeah. going to not have any electricity or someone's going to steal them in order to sell the parts and i'm not being cynical i'm not being nasty i'm just being realistic yeah. viv i don't know about you what do you think about electric vehicles evs yeah look i mean i've, I've done many articles on this actually over the last couple of years and my conclusion uh, is is the following tesla has nothing to do with electric vehicles uh, in, in, by which i say the following if tesla was only electrical vehicles uh, given the valuation of car mm. companies etc it would be worth roughly a tenth of the size it is right now yes if you're if you're if you're optimistic if you're optimistic and you're basically pricing everything very well, Tesla's valuation, uh, if it was just an electric vehicle company, would at the most be one-tenth the kind of valuation. So why would you buy it if, if the electric vehicles, no matter what they do, like you know, build it out, become the next Toyota of electric vehicles, one-tenth the valuation. The only reason that you can justify the current price is if it has the ability to do the AI stuff, the high tech stuff, even batteries don't make it up. It has to be self-driving vehicles. Now, um, but the thing is that I don't, ha- I no longer have a a sense or a, a, a uh, intuitive understanding of how AI works. Uh, the stuff that's come out recently, you know, over the last like six months to a year, has blown my mind. It's, it's uh, in terms of what is capable with what mm. the systems out there, <laughs> and it's possible that he can solve it. If he does solve it, I swear, Tesla is going to be a hundred times this. Could be basically ten times as valuable. It's going to be a ten trillion dollar stock. The reason being, it's not only uh, cars. If you can drive a car in an environment, that means you can perceive the environment and operate within the environment. That can be translated to robots in your house, can be translated to construction, to farming. It becomes all physical things go under the whole, yeah. uh, you know, automation, uh, you know, cycle where the more law stuff starts applying to physical stuff, which it never has. Uh, can you imagine the cost of building a physical thing dropping by 50% every two years? That is a different world, and yeah. a company that can do that makes is is worth ten trillion, maybe even more. And uh, yeah, that is my Tesla. Yeah, you're scaring you're scaring me. Before before David, you make your point. Yeah. I'm just saying. He's you've got ju- this you've just really scared me. You've scared me, Viv. <laughs> Sorry, David. Away you go. I'm trembling here, David. Okay. Off you go. I, I think all we're trying to do, or all it, 
if I think his his computer's called Dojo or something like yes, that. I don't know. The chip is Dojo. The, uh, the chip is Dojo. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, it's it's remark, <laughs> Lindsay. When you see, yes. You know, you I can't comprehend it. Um, Vince right. says he doesn't understand AI anymore. But I mean, here you've got uh, they pick up imaging from Teslas all over the world, and where they can't do it, they create it through AI, different conditions and so on. So you're picking up this data all the time, which you will be processing, you know, and which your your autonomous vehicle will be driving through streets and recognize uh, darkness, light. Objects in darkness and so on. It's it's absolutely remarkable. So when Viv says uh, uh, he talks about technology, we're in an innovative world. You know, I we are we are in that, and and it's uh, it's take. I don't want to say it's taking control of ourselves, but we can't ignore it, and it's going to be a massive driver in 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 equity markets. And you know that's why I'm so bullish on the U.S. I just mm. say you can't write off the US. You know, don't 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 write it off. You know, you want it, you make want, want to make friends with Russia, good luck to you. You know, but I right, mean right. it's it's something that we should be taking cognizance of and, and directing uh, our economies towards you know these technologies, seeing how they can help us and so on. But um, that's why I you know I like the market. I'm, I it's it's probably going to uh uh, I won't. I, I won't be here long enough to appreciate all these wonderful <laughs> things that are going to be happening in the next, you know, twenty to thirty odd years. Of course you will. So, uh, no, I hope so. But I mean, again, I'm very excited by by presentations like this and by the companies that are actually financing them. So, um, okay. that's well, why when you when we talk about uh, British American Tobacco, they make vaping. You know, great, great economic case, great investment case. That's not a great investment case. That is going to to be the the biggest disaster in the next couple of years because they realize that smoking and vaping are more or less the same thing. So I wouldn't invest in any company that's got anything to do with vaping. I I really think that that's out of the way. On that note, let's look at some other things. I'll just put one thing out here. We talk about AI and stuff here. Have you guys seen what's happening with aging research? I'll speak of David's thing about not being around to see what's happening. Uh, in the future, this just as we talk about like AI and of course what how that will change the world. But there's something happening with AI with the aging research. Uh, there's a thing called Yamanaka factors that apparently uh, change how uh, young a cell thinks it is, right? Mm-hmm. And they, and 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 this is able to like get a, a, an old cell to think it's young and to bring things down. Okay, uh, obviously you know uh, we live in a world of, of hey, magic. Just, and, uh, just things, before yeah. you get onto this. I don't want to yeah. be here that long because I can't keep supporting my kids for that long. You know what I mean? So. <laughs> Viv, I'm with you on this one. I, I need I need Ipswich Town to be in the UEFA Champions League. I need England to win the World Cup. So any pill, any artificial intelligence that will allow me to live long enough to see those two goals, I don't care. My children, they can look after themselves. Thank you very much. But Viv, you were, yeah. you, you were explaining, and David, you're saying you don't want to live there for too long. But Viv, yeah. the anti-aging yeah, so, I mean, thing is very interesting because that will change the investment world as well, of mm. course. Yeah, there's something called Yamanaka factors, apparently. They, 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 they change how it's sort of cell thinks it is. And the thing is, it's been difficult to get those things into the right things because if you get the wrong cell thinking it's young, it becomes a cancer. 
you know? Yes. Uh, and so you have to be very careful about how you, you get it in. But apparently there's been new tech discoveries coming through that are uh, uh, tell you how that that, that, that makes allows you to focus these cell, these uh, these things more carefully at particular cells, uh, which means that you could take like a pull for your eyes or a pull to get uh, your skin looking a bit younger or your heart you know, a bit younger. Can you think about that? It, okay, mm. obviously early days, but you know, uh, five years ago, three years ago, if you're talking about AI, I would have been you know wouldn't believe you. Mm. Uh, mRNA vaccines, I would not have believed you. Uh, so the world is this, this technology builds on itself, and things that were impossible 20 years ago might be something that is commonplace 20 years from now. Okay, you've scared me again, Viv. Thank you very much. Now I'm, I'm, all, I'm all of a dither again because of you and your AI nonsense, which is not nonsense, of course. It's actually absolutely real, but I think it needs to be filtered a little bit. I just want to talk about a couple of things now, and you can both choose what you want to talk about. We've had, you know, boring old industries from 100 years ago, Amplats, Anglos, BHP, Kumba, Carew, coming out with their with their numbers, the Northern Impala, RB Platt story. But I, this, we don't need to talk about that. We know if, if, if commodities go up and the RAND weakens or strengthens, we know what's going to happen there. It's very, very simple. I just want to ask you, and whoever wants to pick this up, Pick and Pay's results yesterday were yeah. awful. They were they were terrible. And Gareth Ackerman came yeah. out and said, well, it's to do with the government. It's to do with load shedding and this and, and that and the other. Now, David, you're nodding enthusiastically. Mm. Do you mm. believe it or is it a pick and pay story? No, it was it was a pick and pay story. Look, mm. they, they're paying more for for uh, diesel at, uh, and, you know, to keep the lights on at some of their branches and so on. And it's going to cost them 250 million. Their various restructuring charges. But... Some time ago, they made uh, the big issue. They made the poor decision of not having distribution centers and rather, you know, uh, delivering straight to the, uh, you know, straight to the stores. Yeah. And apparently, I, I believe that was a Raymond Ackerman decision many, many years ago, which has held them back and caused them immense damage against the immense issues against their competition. So I think I think they made bad decisions some time ago, which are now costing them very much in trying to play uh, catch up. Um, okay. I think it's you know it's very much I I I know Gareth came out talking about a lot of issues, uh, you know, especially political issues, which may have relevance. I think I can see the frustration there. There's stuff that I learned that I didn't know. Um, as well as the usual criminality and all other issues in that. But I think yes. this is a pick-and-pay issue. Bad decision years ago that has cost them dramatically. That's very interesting because mm. I do a sort of in, informal survey, Viv, every now and again mm. and say, where do you shop, Viv? And you'll say, well, I go to the place which is the closest. Other people say, well, I go to the place which has the best produce. But when I ask people, Viv, about the, the pick-and-pay story, they say they don't go there as much as they used to. They go to Woolies mm. and they go to Spa and they go to, uh, notably, Checkers. Uh, checkers. So it's, it's not just uh, uh. load shedding. It's to do with the quality of the offering. And the when you walk into a shop, I mean, when I walk into a shop, I know exactly if I want to stay in the shop because of the ambience, mm. because of, I mm. don't know, they're just the way it looks. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm that sort of person. Mm. Viv, your idea on pick and pay and retail in general before I get to the numbers. 
thing you must understand about these retailers, like a pick and pay, a shop, right, is that they're not so much retailers, but logistics companies. Yes. Because yeah. they are logistics companies. They're about getting... Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's, it, it, it's, it's, it's as much as we say it's, it's, it's retail, but it's actually logistics. Uh, look at what happened to ShopRite when you read to uh, Nigeria. It just couldn't get the logistics right and therefore it couldn't function. And if you get the logistics wrong, it's, 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 it's one of the reasons also that it's difficult to break into a new market as, a, as like a Walmart or whatever, because they have to build the logistics from the start. Uh, you know, not just your brand makes things go. The second thing is just to compare ShopRite to Pick and Pay. Over five years, ShopRite up 13%, Pick and Pay down 50 Goodness. Okay, over six months, Pick and Pay down 43%, ShopRite on the same six-month period down 3%. Oh. So, I mean, <laughs> unless ShopRite has some load-shedding magic that uh, Pick and Pay doesn't, uh, you can <laughs> yeah. see what story it is. That's a good point, yeah. Yeah, very yeah. good, yeah. Exactly what I wanted to know. Was it the government, yeah. was it South Africa, or is Gareth yeah. Ackerman blaming those two things that I've just mentioned because of his own shortcomings? And yeah. I don't yeah. want to be nasty about the Ackermans because they built a fantastic business, but they've lost their way, haven't they, David? Yeah, Definitely. You know, it's and it's it's very difficult for them to now pick up on the competition, and uh, so uh, yeah. listen, you move on. They were the benchmark for industrial companies or for the retail companies years, but they've lost that. You know, and yeah. and there was strange. Mark Barnes put an article this morning. I didn't fully read it, but about sometimes management outliving their uh, sell by date. You know, mm. in other words, staying too long. And I think sometimes it's it's a refreshing thing to do to keep changing management every few years, um, just to bring new ideas. And I don't. It it depends, I suppose, but but it doesn't do harm. And I say that to all people. You know, I say it to all ma- all large companies. You know, very large companies. Hmm. Um, well, I David, I mean, if if, if, if Sassfin had have that, that policy, then you wouldn't be talking to myself and Viv now. But you know, are you talking with me personally? Yeah, but <laughs> of course, I, I'm just but, teasing, of Lindsay, course. What I'm but saying, I do know no, what you no, mean. Not yes, at all. you have to refresh You've got things. Got to refresh yourself. Exactly. You can't. I, you know, and I say it to my credit without being uh, arrogant or something. You know, but you keep changing direction every few years. Yeah. You know, every few years you've got to, and you've got to keep looking at what you're doing. Is it still relevant? You know, don't become stale. Don't become stale with your clients. You know, you've got to keep looking at uh, new ways of doing things and uh, and 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 constantly reviewing. You know who you are, what you're doing, and so and on. It's terribly interesting because mm. I've been talking to a number of people from the same institution, huge investment house worldwide, and one person says, "I love China. Interest rates are coming down, and they're going to stimulate." The other person says, "This is a disaster waiting to happen." So it's a vibrant situation. You can't say oh. China is the future because it's going to be the biggest economy in the world. Other people say, "No, wait a second. That's too simplistic an argument." But anyway, you're quite right. Refreshing. Talking about refreshing, I'm refreshing my screen now to have a look at the markets where the dollar rand is 17.93. British pound against the rand mm. is 23.04. Euro rand. Uh, look at that. It's broken 20. 19.99. So the euro is partying like it's 19.99. Euro dollar is 111.45. British pound against the mm. US dollar is 128.50. On to commodities now. David, you can switch off because you don't like them. 19.71 for the gold <laughs> price down seven. The platinum price is down. 
18 because of the slightly stronger dollar, 965, and palladium is down $25 to 1278. If you have a look at the oil price, goodness me, I got a really horrible call mm. wrong on wheat the other day, just before it oh, rallied. I didn't know. Yeah. It rallied 8%. I said it was going down. So anyway, Brent crude oil, $79.62, which is up 0.2%. Crude oil in the United States, West Texas, $75.57, which is up 0.4%. Natural gas prices have gone through the roof today, up 6.5%. And the wheat price, which I was talking about, is more or less flat. But anyway, uh, commodity iron ore up 4% this morning. But anyway, with the dollar on the slide, people are having a look at commodities again. Okay, US 10-year Treasury bond yield, 3.85%, which is, is that right? Yeah, 11 basis points, mm. 11 basis points higher. Okay. The South African 10-year is 10.3, uh, let's call it 10.36%, which is up five basis points. S&P 500 futures, yeah, they were above 4,600. Now 4,581, which is a 0.4% fall. Bitcoin, if you care, still below 30,000, 29,830. Viv, any stocks caught your eye today before we give you my top five and bottom five? Uh, you, you did mention uh, just, uh, the uh, reserve. The, uh, yeah, I'd go to, sorry? Uh, the, the resource sector have been up oh. quite nicely today. And uh, interesting as well, NASPA is down uh, uh, today, you know, quite a bit. Uh, China, I think, at the moment, uh, not looking at quite as attractive as, like you talked about, the biggest economy in the world. I doubt that's going to happen. I think China is going to be Japan times 10. You know, in the 80s, 90s, people thought Japan is going to be the new big thing. Uh, I wish it all fell apart. And I think China is going to be the same kind of thing, quite frankly. Okay, well said. Uh, Lindsay, we forgot the Reserve Bank governor left. Yes, oh, yeah. there, was a, there was a flat line. <laughs> On, on interest rates. I mean, does, does anyone really? Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, that was, uh, well, it was big news in a way. No, you know. No, go I, on. I think it, there was um, after yesterday's inflation number, there was mixed uh, views. Um, mm. He lost all. He they, it was with a three to two decision to keep it unchanged. He came out and said, "Well, this is not the end. There might be further increases." But Lindsay, just just. To give some context to that, okay, um, you know, on Friday we, I think we spoke yesterday or um, no, Monday. Last, on Monday, sorry, about about what APSA said about the uh, impairments going up. I saw a, a note out of new, Old Neutral yesterday that one in three mortgage, um, you know, more people with mortgages are, are battling to pay. So yes. at eleven and three quarter percent of a prime rate, an economy can't go anywhere, and to have put it up. Uh, another quarter percent, I think, is just uh, you know the straw on the camel's back. So I think it made sense just to hold back for a bit against uh, against where we are. I so, think so I think too. that's why you. Mm, yeah, I think mm. so too because the inflation rate came down to what was it five point four percent, and also retail sales coming down by one point four percent yesterday, yeah, yeah, which shows yeah, you yeah. that there's very little activity mm. in the mm. local economy. And so why raise rates? Yeah, just see more just warning signs as well. Mm. There are a lot more warning signs in terms of uh, – I looked at ArcelorMittal's results, you know. And, and, and what concerns me, Lindsay, is that a lot of these companies, whether it's a pick and pay with lower results, whether it's an Amplat with low, lower results, it means the fiscus is going to get less money. Yeah. You know, that puts the that puts the government collections are going to be down. Normally, they seem to beat their targets, but I think in this case, they're going to actually miss their targets. I saw, so I think there's issues there. Yeah. I saw a number, Viv, of what David's talking about now, that the resources sector, which over the last couple of years has, has been a sort of a pillar of revenues for, for the South African Revenue Service, 
I think it fell, I don't know whether it was 50 billion it's fallen by or it had fallen to 50 billion or something. But if commodities are not doing well, Viv, we have to ad admit that we are a commodity-based economy. Yeah, but look, if we are a commodity-based economy, we are in real trouble. Because like I said, China looks to be entering a period of yeah. serious uh, you know, downturn, uh, serious uh, you know, rebalancing in terms of things. Uh, they effectively maybe decided to fight the West too soon and they've, and they've been like, putting their place. Also, the demographics are terrible. Uh, and they have internal bubbles that are gigantic, especially in the property sector. And quite frankly, China is the property is the commodity market. Without the Chinese economy demanding like it is, property commodity prices and commodity demand would just be, you know, it goes way, way down. Uh, so yeah, if, if we are bidding on commodities, I would say that's a very bad idea. Okay, well said. Let's have a look now. They're my top five and bottom five. Northern Platinum, corporate mm -hmm. action, of course. So Northern's up 7%. Anglo's up uh, nearly 4% after their updates. Telcom, 3.5% winner. Glencore up 3.4%. So the, the resources are doing okay. And British American Tobacco, 1.5% better. On the downside, David's favourite shop, Discam, is down 3.2% on the day. So is Naspers. Impala Platinum, also 3.2% weaker. Renette is 2.6% in the red. And Richemont, 2.5% down. David, give us the closing indices, if you would. Okay, so the all-share index... We've been all over the place. <laughs> it was yeah. up, down, sideways, up, and then down right at the end. It seemed to be sold off in the last half an hour. So we ended literally flat, down eight points at 77017. I think the top 40 likewise, down 0.07%, sorry, down 53 points to 71806. So very little movement in the, in the major indices. The resource index up driven by, as you mentioned, Anglos and Glencore and some of the commodity companies. The resource index up uh, just over 1%, 1.1%. Um, financials also not doing anything. Banks were up 0.07%. That's hardly a movement. The broader financial index also just slightly down. It means the insurers took took it down slightly. So not much movement there. The commodity, I mean, consumer industrials came down um, just over 1%. So the industrial index ends down. And that was on the Richmond story and the Nasburst process. Uh, I think on yeah, what what forms part of it? I don't I don't know what forms part of the consumer index, but I think yeah. you know all the the weighty the weighty industrials came under a bit of pressure, and that's why we were down. So a kind of a flat day. I must I look at the the activity every day. The value today, traded, you know, in other words, yeah, the value, it's, it's, yeah, it's an obsession uh, of yours, and it's a good it obsession. How many millions uh, today, or billions? Eight, just over nineteen, which is still very low. Mm. Made up mainly of NASPES, you know, NASPES and Process making up sixteen odd percent of that. So I think if you take that away, uh, very little activity on our on the market. Richmond, a, a big trader as well, Anglos as well. Mm. But uh, um, take those away. There's very little activity on this morning. Okay, there's lots of activity at Old Trafford in the cricket because England does mm. 278 for two after Australia's <laughs> 317 all out this morning. England trail by 39 runs. Uh, Zach Crawley, the opener, has got 154 from 154 balls. Yeah. And Joe Root, the world's greatest batman, batsman after Steve Smith, in my opinion, has got 58 from 58 balls. So yeah. England doing very well. And on that note... I'm going to go and watch it. Gentlemen, thank you very much for your time this evening. <laughs> <laughs> Viv Governor is from Ren Swiss and David Shapiro is from Sassman Securities. We'll be back together next week.
The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organisation, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.